This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Big News Wednesday. Joining us today on Big News Wednesday and cutting it real close with the talking during the introduction, oh, Francesca <laughs> Fiorentini. How's it going? It's going okay. Free Palestine. That's all I have to say. That's what Happy she Wednesday. was saying. Yeah, the intro. I was. actually I don't know if she was audible. So anyway, that could be exciting. But um, but we're very glad to have you here. You know, national holidays, schedules thrown into chaos and everything. We don't normally get you on a Wednesday, but thank you for joining us. No problem. Yeah, Mondays are Mondays can be dicey. I mean, good for everybody else, bad for me, you know? Yes. Well, good for everyone that we have uh that national holiday. Now, should it be a national holiday? I don't know. I've been watching some Charlie Kirk and he's been making some compelling arguments about MLK. But uh but for now it's a national holiday. I personally don't think there should be holidays. I think that everyone should have to work constantly. I'm a right-wing populist. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um so glad Real to have working you working class working man. 100% representative way, of the working man. What's up? Yeah, I will say what I said last year. I think it was right after Labor Day. I said we should simply add a new Labor Day to ev to every month. Each year we get one new Labor Day in a month. Until Agreed. finally we have one every month as a sort of like compensation for the labor that we've done. Why do we not have more four day weeks? How much more must we toil as a people is what I would ask all of you. But the billionaires, um, they're so close, John, like all the billionaire tech innovators, they're really close to helping us get that four day work week, like with all the innovation, which mm -hmm. helps us everyday people, right? Isn't that yeah. what it AI toys like are doing? How it's chat GPT. I Chat think GBT. is the solution anyway. Um, but anyway, we do have a lot of news to talk about. So we're very glad that you've joined us today. We're gonna be jumping into some legal updates, some political updates, the GOP primary, the state of debates coming up soon and more besides, including uh, how afraid the Senate is of even talking about what's going on in Gaza, let alone doing anything about it. We're gonna jump into that as well. So. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Send in your comments. We'll respond as we go. But with all that said, are you ready to do this thing? Yes. Okay, I am too. Let's let's do it. I guess we're one day into Donald Trump's civil defamation trial against Eugene Carroll, and his lawyer may have already ruined the entire thing for him. This is uh, Trump lawyer Alina Haba, and it is weird that she would have potentially blown up his legal defense because. She just seems to have the best qualifications. She's a real lawyer and everything. But anyway, here is the context. She and the rest of the legal team was provided by Judge Kaplan some very basic ground rules of what they are allowed to say about the case, how they are allowed to talk about the fact that he's already been found guilty in this. He is civilly liable 
this whole trial is just about how much money he's gonna owe. Very basic ground rules and she can't even stick to that. Basically, they can't make comments about E. Jean Carroll's past romantic relationships, sexual disposition and prior sexual experiences. And they can't argue that Donald Trump did not sexually abuse her because we're past that. The jury has already found him to be liable for that. The other stuff about her past relationships is obviously completely irrelevant to whether she was sexually abused by Donald Trump. That said, almost immediately, they start violating those rules. So Alina Haba began talking and she said, President Trump defended himself when publicly accused. She was cut off at that point by the by the judge who said, don't go much farther. Because she's going to claim there that he had just been accused of doing this thing. We're done with that. The, tri <laughs> the trial's over. We're done, and and I am telling Alina Haba that. I'm also telling, by the way, Nikki Haley that because she had been asked about why she doesn't criticize him for his legal troubles, and she said, "Well, you know, innocent until proven guilty." Oh, interesting. That is true. That is true. Oh, he was guilty on this though. So can you talk about this one? No, you can't. We live in a weird country. Anyway, Alina Haba also decided to basically once again smear and weirdly like self promote slut shame E. Jean Carroll by saying the evidence I will show that uh, that you I will show you is that e. Miss Carroll's conduct has caused this media frenzy. So basically she's responsible for the added harassment that she's been getting the threats. She's fully enjoying the attention of MAGA chuds mocking her. Um, and we will ask Miss Carroll to confirm that she felt she was in a cocoon of love after the publication. Okay, what? so basically, we finished the trial. He was found guilty of this. Not a full on rape, although the jury had some interesting stuff to say about that, but of sexual abuse. Immediately after that, he began defaming her once again on a town hall. His lawyers are now, knowing that this will be disseminated, defaming her in the same exact way. He is continuing to, as we'll get into. I don't know how much more this will end up costing him or whether this will possibly result in further litigation against him. But I am sure she's following his orders, but she is supposed to know enough as a lawyer to say, you've already been found guilty. How about we limit the damage to you by not throwing fuel on the fire? Instead, she proved herself to be a true loyalist and is digging his grave even deeper for him. What do you yeah. think, Francesca? Yeah, and just he's giving her the talking points and she's just legalizing them and or trying to, you know, brush them up a little bit. But it's the same BS. Um, he's been accused, like, but, 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 but not accused, convicted of sexual abuse, as you mentioned. Um, but you'd feel like it'd be in Ms. Haba's interest to protect Donald Trump's wallet. Why? Because you know she's owed a lot of money. Has she been paid? Oh, maybe she's got a retainer. She's got a little bit of the money. She might have like a few IOUs, you know, um, you know, with his signature, just like here, sell this on eBay, it'll be worth a lot. You know, like that kind of thing. Every single lawyer Donald Trump has, he's burning through. And she's the last like poor soul who's defending him on this and a number of other cases. And you're just like, girl, what are you doing? Give him actually sound legal advice. But honestly, I'm like, go, go, G. Jean Carroll, mm -hmm. like, keep digging. We're looking at what is this? Ten million dollars? Are we are we going for again? Like ten million dollars? Yep. And and again, just like the civil case in terms of the financial fraud in New York, it's like, can you you could get less penalty? Like, you don't have to pay the full thing that Letitia James is seeking. You could pay half of that, but it, you keep on 
threatening the judge, you keep on disobeying what the judge says, which is don't turn this into any kind of you know political platform. Same thing in this case. Hey, yeah. shut up. I'm gonna do you the biggest favor and tell you to shut up. And he can't yeah, even he, do that. He doesn't he doesn't have the ability. Um and he's been trained to not shut up because very rarely up until this point, through the many, many decades that he's been alive, has not shutting up actually hurt him. Only now no. is it starting to maybe hurt him. So can we really be that surprised? Um, on the payment structure for Lena Haba, I do not know. I would assume <laughs> that after all of the legal travails he's been through, she would have asked for a retainer. But it's possible that he's paying her based on exposure or something. Like, I'll put you in front of the cameras and someday you'll be press secretary or you'll, yes. you'll get a position on yes. Fox News. Or maybe he's exposing himself. I don't know. But some form of exposure is probably going on. Um, but in any event, uh, legally, I don't think this is helping. Her. Could she end up getting other right wing clients after this? Possibly. That's not generally how it goes for lawyers. Usually, when you're with Trump, that's it until he casts you aside or you're disbarred, I guess. So I would guess that the more likely outcome is that she ends up in the White House with him. I think that's that a she, fair just make assessment. her press secretary. Why not? Like, she'll say whatever he tells her to say. That's the only qualification for it. And that's not even a Trump thing. True of the Dems as well. Oh, so being like at least a nine, nine and a half. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Also true. And he don't even, I would, let's not get into the stuff that he has tweeted about her. But anyway, we do have to get into the stuff that he's tweeted about other people. Donald Trump likes to claim that E. Jean Carroll, who he has been found guilty of sexually abusing, is someone he doesn't know. He's ever talked to her, but he sure seems to post about her a lot on social media. Take a look at this. We're gonna show you just, so let's go into the little video and you can see a little bit of the 30 social media posts that he put up about E. Jean Carroll in a frenzy, just a furious sitting on the toilet postathon about E. Jean Carroll. Once again, doing the thing he does where he just takes anything that she has ever tweeted in her life that has anything to do with sex or attraction and he posts it with the idea being that if you were raped 30 years ago, you would never again talk about the subject of sex. And if you do, it proves that you were not raped. That is very convincing to him. Probably also very convincing to the men who tragically look up to him. But we want to focus on a couple of the specific messages. He said in one of these truths, can you believe I have to defend myself against this woman's fake story? Which if I was the lawyer for E. Jean Carroll, I'd say, okay, let's pull up another lawsuit because that's more defamation. You've already been found guilty of that. You cannot simply continue to claim that it's fake. You've already gone through this process. You've presented what you think passes for evidence and the jury has found you guilty. You sexually abused her. That's a thing that happened and you continuing to lie about that is not something that legally you're supposed to be able to do. Now he also put up and just whole screeds about the judge because again, 
There is no judge in the world who is so pure, so innocent, so minty fresh that he isn't gonna find something that makes it so that their mere presence in his trial invalidates the entire thing. Uh, points out that uh, Judge Kaplan was Clinton appointed, so obviously uh, the entire thing is bunk. Has an absolute absolute hatred of Donald J. Trump. Me, I will to my dying day never understand why he keeps doing that. We we know who is posting the message. Why does he like to? Do, it's like his truth social version of peekaboo. I'm Trump. I don't understand why he does that. But anyway. Uh, he goes on to continue to lie uh, about the actual nature of the claims that she made, <laughs> claims that have already been adjudicated in court. He goes on in his second truth to say that she is making up Monica Lewinsky type stories about dresses and everything. Starts uh, talking about the lawyers and is attacking them, calls it extortion. Once again, points out that she had a cat named Vagina. Because I'm pretty sure case closed. Generally, in my experience in the legal field, which amounts to watching most of the show Suits, when they find out that the person they're up against had a cat with a weird name, that's usually the end credits rolling. The thing's done there. But oh, anyway, yeah, you know, you know who's guilty. Cat with a weird name. You can't. If you have a cat who's named Vagina, obviously I didn't sexually abuse you in the 90s. That's just logic, America. So look, I don't know what this is supposed to, sorry. The thing that I want to say is, I don't know what this is supposed to achieve, but I can suspect what it's supposed to achieve. It's supposed to whip his base into a fury of threats against her and more mockery of her online. The entire stuff that this trial was supposed to put to an end, he's doing more of. And also, it's a non-defense defense. It's him talking about the charges against him. He's not presenting evidence, anything that would actually stand as defense for him. But he's technically talking about it, and he's mocking the accuser. So for a Trump fan, that's basically the same thing as a defense. So he comes out of this looking good, I guess, even though, again, he's already been found guilty of sexual abuse. Right, I mean, Final I think thoughts. I agree with you a little bit, and I, but I also feel like it's just him unable and incapable of defaming, defending himself and reminding even his base that he was accused and convicted of sexual abuse. He just does it out of pure ego. I don't really think there's a thought around, yeah, now we're gonna troll her en masse. Like she's, he, she's already uh, incurred that and gotten that from his base. Um, Two things I just want to say. He confused her with Marla Maples. We all know that. He thought mm -hmm. a photo of Eugene Carroll was his former wife, Marla Maples. And and then also, um, E. Jean Carroll, speaking of her sexual proclivities, said that after being raped by Donald Trump or sexually abused in a court of law, uh, you know, convicted of sexual abuse, she was unable to have a normal sex life with anyone for decades, according to her testimony. Okay, now that's not legal, but that is her account. That is her story. And the last thing I'm gonna say is, yo, this guy's still running for president. This guy's running for president. Meanwhile, meaning the United States government has an easier barrier to entry than the NBC Universal Corporation, which like finally got rid of Matt Lauer. Then CNN, then the most like bloodthirsty, money thirsty like MFers out there. Like this is our United States government, and he is running for president, having been convicted of sexual abuse. How? Yeah. Why? Right? We actually, and this is why we actually need standards 
when it comes to sexual misconduct, abuse and assault. It can't just be left up to the HR, to the whatever. No, where's the HR of the United States government? It's law, right? And so you should not be able to hold office having been a convicted sex offender. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, you shouldn't or at the very least, like someone should do something like, like imagine if I, let's say I decided someday I'm gonna run for an office, but not president or whatever. I'm gonna run for like a state school rep board or something. Okay. School board, let's say school board. <laughs> and halfway through the, the, the race, yes. the person I'm running against is convicted of sexual abuse. And my reaction is, it would be impolite to bring that up. What are you doing, Nikki Haley? What are you doing, Ron DeSantis? Do you know that Donald Trump got 53% of women's vote in the Iowa caucus according to exit polls? Now look, I do not, I no longer have the boyish naivete or optimism to say that if they'd made a big deal out of the fact that he sexually abused this woman, has been found guilty of it in a court of law, and is still mocking her and trying to get her harassed and potentially brutalized or killed, that that would really hurt him among Republican women. But I would hope that it would cost him a point or two, something, and yeah. yet they're not doing anything about it. The RNC didn't do anything about it. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley apparently like, what name so? This guilty verdict doesn't look like anything to me. Mm -hmm. This isn't one of the things where we're still waiting to find out. Oh, What's the Supreme Court gonna do? And does a special counsel have a good case? We're done with this one. He was found guilty of sexually abusing a woman and then lying about it for decades and viciously mocking her specifically because he despises women mm -hmm. and has a decades long history of enthusiastically demonstrating that he despises them. And they're doing nothing to make that an issue in this campaign. It is such a dereliction of just self-interest, of pragmatism. That you would let this go by. This this barely gets talked about in the media. The trial yes. that's already done. We're still looking forward to the other ones. It's just it's so utterly frustrating. But that's I mean, and that's the kind of faux feminism that the right you know offers. That's Nikki Haley right there. It's like I'm gonna use my the fact that I'm a woman to my advantage. And oh yeah, sure I'm Dick Cheney in heels, but at least you know they're six inch ones or whatever it is. But then mm. yo, the front runner in your party raped a woman that, I mean, many other accusations of misconduct, accused and convicted of rape, and you say nothing, that's the role that Republicans and Nikki Haley by proxy, of course, she's in the Republican Party, want women to play. is to yeah. shut up about being abused, shut up about being harassed, and do not defend yourself at all. Yeah, 100%, just try to survive in this environment of just grotesque mockeries of men um, so that you can wield a little bit of power and maybe get a big paycheck or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. And I will close with this. Donald Trump is like the ultimate incel, certainly Absolutely. the ultimate role model for incels. And I know you must think, well, that's weird. He's had sex in his life. Yes, I doubt recently, um, but yes, he has had sex in his life, and that and he is such an incel that that itself is not enough to cure him. I think the reason why he finds it so hard to understand the E. Jean Carroll situation is I'm sure that he thinks all of these people want me to just throw myself at them. 
He is physically incapable of seeing what a grotesque toad he is and always has been. Yes, he's grosser looking these days, but he was no treat in the 90s. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> the dude had billions of dollars and was barely keeping it together. Even in fashion, which is easy to fix, let alone all the more fundamental stuff. But no, he thinks they all they must want me, they have to want me. And if they don't, if they ever insult me, I am gonna burn them to the ground. He just brims with mm -hmm. toxic incel energy. And the occasional brief bout of unsatisfying for the woman intercourse that he has occasionally had through his disgusting life is not enough to fix that. That stench remains on him. And the fact that he lashes out with such rage and fear and jealousy and all of that against women that mock him or aren't interested in him is what his MAGA incels look up to because they hoped someday to be able to do that. They're, God they, damn it, John. What? I want you to be able to, I want someone, but you are so eloquent. And once again, I'm gonna interrupt you by saying that I love I love hearing you speak. So that's a little ironic, but I wish someone would say that to his effing face. What you just said. Give me a second to The king of incels brimming with misogyny and, and who has a, you know, a mushroom surrounded by Yeti pubes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna get Capriati's for lunch. I think I'm good now. But <laughs> can someone just say that to his effing face? Can someone please say that? One day, guys, one day I promise you we will be able to say that to his face. Mm -hmm. When John is president, he will be in the town square. He will be fed. We'll have he'll have one of those little like, you know, water little like bunny thingies, you know, <laughs> the little canteens. He'll have some carrots and some half-eaten lettuce, and then we will all gather and mock him. Mm -hmm. Yes, he'll have a restroom. You know, he'll he'll have a coat when he's cold. Maybe, um, mm -hmm. maybe it'll be again one of those sort of migrant, you know, like uh, aluminum blankets we could give mm -hmm. him. Uh, just more throwback. than he deserves. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm real. I and then we can say it to his face. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. A guy like him could not work in a country that that didn't have a critical mass of broken men. Oof. Who they just want that they they desperately want the money, sure, and they think for some reason, just like Elon Musk fans, they think that well, if I worship them, they'll give me their money, right? Um, but they don't actually deep down uh, believe that they'll be able to get that. So all they want is to be able to hurt the women that they want but can't get. That's all it is, and their form of it is trolling, it's harassing actresses and comedians online. That's all it is, and it's small, they don't have much of a following. But Donald Trump, when he does it, everybody sees it. He calls someone a horse face, and that should be the greatest aspiration for every man. That's true alpha behavior. You know John Wayne, he spent all of his time calling women who didn't want him horse face. You know, Marlboro Man stuff, true alpha stuff. Julius Caesar just went through, he went through the streets of Rome calling people horse face. No, but they really believe that. Um, and that is why Donald Trump does this stuff. It should drive away all of his support. It should just put him on a pedestal as the most pathetic, needy, emotional, just broken man. But they're more broken. Thanks to no small part to the fact that they follow him and they consume right wing media. And so they can't see that. Instead, they see this as an aspirational thing. And that is truly sad.
Okay, we have to take our first break, but when we come back, we're gonna jump into the actual state of the campaign. And there's a lot of interesting stuff here, so don't go anywhere. Okay, everybody, let's jump into some fun, starting with this. I'm not I'm not a candidate. This is my kids would say, that's my jam. You know what we need to do? We need to update it with like red X's over each of them that's now dropped out because mm-hmm. there's so few remaining. But one who is remaining is Nikki Haley. Let's take a look. Should we expect to see you on the debate stage in New Hampshire? Is Trump gonna be on the debate stage? Is that the metric? I mean, I've debated five times already and had strong debates. Now it's time to get Trump on the stage. So if he comes, then you'll come, otherwise nah. I think we need to say, is Trump gonna be on the stage? That's my question. Is Nikki Haley running scared or is this a particularly risky power play? Because she's very clear there. If Trump's not at the debate, I'm done with them. She doubled down in a tweet saying, the next debate I do will either be with Donald Trump or with Joe Biden. I look forward to it. And this is not, she's not just saying this. The Thursday debate's not happening. She was gonna debate Ron DeSantis. I was gonna cover it actually. (laughs) It's done, she's pulled out of it. Now, there is a debate scheduled for Sunday. One would assume that she will also pull out of that because Donald Trump is not going to debate her at this point. So we might be done with debates. And bear in mind, like this is a way of pitching herself as I'm only running against Donald Trump. I'm not gonna waste my time with Ron DeSantis. So I understand the idea, but she also does need to perform well in New Hampshire. And this is a way to that she could have had to generate a little bit of attention to her campaign right on the eve of it. And by the way, Recent poll shows her tied with Donald Trump. This is American Research Group. It's not the highest tier pollster, but but they've been polling throughout this, and she has been moving even inside of their methods. So, is this a good strategy, or will she come to regret this, Francesca? I mean, I think she could use any press. I think she probably needs the stage time to speak to the American people. But I agree with her. She's done. I don't want to see her anymore. She's done five debates or however many she said. And yeah, honestly, from what I did see, she did okay. I disagreed with literally everything she said, but she held her own. She was able to, I mean, she created a website to go after Ron DeSantis. I would watch mm-hmm. that just to watch her say DeSantisLie.com again. It's very <laughs> fun. Um, and, and watch DeSantis literally have no response to it because the dude was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a website, <laughs> you know, but, but I'm just like, yeah, it's a lot of work. To camp to do a debate, it makes more sense if you're trying to win New Hampshire to get out there and speak with voters, shake their hands, talk to them. At this mm-hmm. point, um, it doesn't make sense to just be on the debate stage. So yeah, I'm. I mean, my counter would be that she doesn't have to just be on the debate stage, but like she could. She wants to now pitch herself as this was previously a thing where who's to say it could be me, it could be Ron that's going to be the non-Trump option. Well, I demolished him in Iowa. I mean, they're trying to pitch it as that. He technically beat her by a little bit. This would be a venue to sort of press that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's gonna be there. He could theoretically talk. That's never helped him in the past. He'll probably just do more damage to himself. So I don't know. Look, in in this recent poll that we, we just talked about, the ARG poll, Ron DeSantis is at 4%. Oh. Hurts so bad. That's why he's skipping it. He's not even going to New Hampshire. He's going straight to South Carolina, where I think he's doing a little bit better, but not that much better. 
So just at least, like, I, we don't have the Laura Ingram footage, but she's saying it's time to pack it in. I made the case yesterday. What it, what is this about? Is it just he's already got the money, so he might as well spend it? Does he? Does he just like traveling on private jets? Does he just want to be away from his family? Why is he still in this race at that point? At this point, um, any final thoughts before we move on to where this gets uh, ugly? No, we can move on to where it gets ugly. But I did want to just make, I, I just want to mention, like I watched the Laura Ingram, um, you know, hey, drop out, guys, it's time to just vote for Trump and get behind Trump. And I just thought, oh my God, is Fox News really going with this? Are they just, they're just gonna, they want another four years of Donald Trump. They want more chaos. They'll get ratings, but not even, cuz they're not loyalists enough. They mm-hmm. want money, they want their tax breaks, they wanna, you know, gin up racist, um, you know, uh, racists against people of color in this country. They want to fear monger around immigrants. They wanna like hate the left, but you really want Donald Trump back? My God. Okay, Francesca, I really now wish I had gotten all of this evidence that Fox was now immediately pivoting to bending the knee, and I didn't put it on the show. We're gonna do it tomorrow. Okay, Viviana joins us. Yeah, but but I will just I will give a little bit of a, a preview. I don't think that it's necessarily that they want it. I think that their hope that he won't be the nominee is basically gone. Sure, and they are at the very least, if I'm being charitable, hedging their bets. I'd say more so they are running scared and they like there have been previous times where he could have potentially killed Fox and he will have those opportunities in the future and they do not want to be hosts on a network that he like you know excommunicados as a conservative or whatever. No. So I think they're very scared. Um, so but anyway, yeah. we'll talk more about that tomorrow on the show. Uh, I do want to stay a little bit on the Nikki Haley because Trump is getting just this Trump is getting just the slightest bit scared of Nikki Haley. And how do I know that? Well, his social media feed, when it isn't about E. Jean Carroll, is just obsessed with her. She's all over. And it's been overtaken with a combination of childish and misogynistic and racist attacks against her. So let's start with the childish. He posted this. I want you to bear in mind as you look at this, he is the former president of these United States. And he posted an image with no added commentary of her face photoshopped onto Hillary Clinton. That's that's the whole post. I, I, yep, they're, they're both women, Trump, I guess you got her, buddy. Um, by the way, it is easy to do this to him if you want to. I did, maybe I'll post it on my social media. It's grotesque, but anyway, it pivots really fast into darker material, including this. He posted, anyone listening to Nikki Nimrada Haley's whacked out speech last night would think that she won the Iowa primary. She didn't. And then blah, blah, blah stuff about uh, about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. So he's doing the thing where he's just, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say your name. And that's all I need to do for my base. You have a name that isn't Susie or Tammy. And so clearly there's something going on. And he goes even further and he does the Tucker Carlson thing of pretending that he doesn't know what her name is. Because Nimrata isn't even her actual name, it's Nimrata. It is spelled very differently than that. Um, But to spell it correctly at this point, I think would show too much respect for people who aren't Lily White. 
And I don't think that he wants to take that chance with his base. So just to be sure, he's gonna put her name there in scare quotes and he's gonna get it wrong because she's a dirty foreigner and she doesn't deserve basic human decency. I think that's the message that we're getting here. What do you think, Francesca? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that in terms of the racist message. I'm a little bit more interested in the you know Photoshop job with Hillary Clinton. Um, I do know that a lot of Haley voters actually might vote, will vote for Biden over Trump and that's what Haley is going for is a little bit more of the middle of the road. Um, she is trying to be a different kind of Republican or the old kind of Republican or something, something, something without completely alienating the MAGA base. But I've seen her speak, I've seen her policies. Honestly, she isn't that different from Hillary Clinton, if I'm being 100% about it, mm -hmm. like especially on foreign policy. Yes, in terms of like abortion rights, she's like, I think it should be up to the states. I would like to assume that Hillary Clinton, if she had been president, would have done a little bit more to secure abortion rights. Um, but like in terms of the Warhawk stuff, she's not that dissimilar. So I think what Trump is doing is trying to shame Haley voters into saying, if you want to vote for Haley, you're effectively voting for a Democrat. And I don't completely disagree with him. I just don't think it's going to work in his favor to shame them. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't, I, it's difficult to read how this base will respond to things. It's just like, when you see stuff like this, and he's he's not the first person to be like, did you know her name is Nimarada? They find it to be so compelling, so persuasive. That's all you have to do is just say, did you know that her name isn't Nikki? It's this other thing. It's this other thing. You get it? You get what I'm saying here? And we're supposed to be like, Oh, I'm going to convince you that they're racist and then they will respond with counter evidence. That's the only way that any of this makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And even then it doesn't make any sense. Donald Trump's family changed their last name. Like they all it's like it is so hard to find a Republican who hasn't changed their name in some way. Um but when Donald Trump did it, well you know, they were German or whatever. So I guess that's okay when uh, Nikki Haley you know, she's from a different part of the world, if you know what I'm saying here. It is just, it is just racism. That's all it is. And and the thing is, I'm not saying his base is racist. He's saying that he thinks that his base is racist by spreading this. Last night, it was amazing. NBC and CNN refused to air my victory speech. Think of it. Because they are crooked, they're dishonest, and frankly, they should have their licenses or whatever they have taken away. Their licenses should be taken away because they didn't play his victory speech. Except, while well, that's let's just say that's crazy, and we will discuss how it's crazy. Uh, they did, they did play a speech. They didn't play his entire speech because I don't know if you know this. Perhaps this is your first day following um, American uh, political news. He talks and he talks and he talks and he talks and he never really says anything, but he talks a whole lot and it just goes on for a really long time. And sometimes it gets into really like Nazi territory, but it just goes on and on. And so eventually you gotta stop that stuff. And they did, CNN played it for over 10 minutes. That's not enough. If you play a 10 minute victory speech, for one stinking caucus, by the way, he didn't win the entire thing. 
he won 20 delegates of the over 1200 that he needs, mm -hmm. uh, then your license should be taken away. Effectively, if you don't deliver to a particular political candidate the sort of news coverage that they want, you might not be allowed to be in the news game in this brave new America that we're rocketing towards. By the way, Fox News only lasted a few more minutes than that. And that isn't gonna stop them, by the way, from doubling down on what he's saying here. They also think that the networks who played slightly less of his speech should potentially be punished. And we'll get to that, but what do you think? Yeah, 10 minutes of a speech, that's more coverage than CNN does of climate change in a whole year. So you should be happy, buddy. I mean, yeah, and this again is like, how you get into this scary territory. First of all, let's just put aside the fact that I can't believe we're here. I can't believe he's running again. I can't believe we're doing this whole dog and pony show again. That oh my God, a caucus. That, that he won a caucus, that he will be the nominee and I want to bash my head into a brick wall. Okay, let's put that, okay, back time in. Um, this shows that yeah, if he is elected again, it is about revoking licenses from media companies that are not favorable to him. Um, it is about changing policy around that. It's about having, I mean, it's essentially, I mean, we heard, and we're gonna get to her. We heard the way that like, you know, basically it's it's gonna everyone's gonna be like a Kimberly Guilfoyle who is giving the like energy of a North Korean propagandist whose name I forget, but you know who you are, girl, and I'm sure you watch the damage report every single day. But it's just like, oh, this is amazing and wonderful and very, very large penis president of ours. <laughs> like, that's what we're going to be seeing in the future, people. So, mm -hmm. you know, or we might not, but. Now look, is that crazy? Probably. It's Francesca, so I'm I'm suspecting it's crazy, but um, but I don't know. Like we already know the sort of just weird bowing down in sexual ways you need to do to him. Like <laughs> I am never gonna forget. Are any of you gonna forget the time that a sitting congresswoman groped the crotch of a cardboard cutout of our dear leader on camera in front of a group? Not like behind the scenes, like. It's late, you're in the office and that cardboard's looking good. This was a performative thing for the cameras and for a crowd. Are we saying that will never happen on the five? I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, and by the way, like, look, we now that we are back in this, and I, I agree, it's crazy that we are, but we're back in this. We now get to play the fun game that some of you might not have been around for the first four Trump years. The fun game of how crazy is it gonna get up in here? Because the idea that you would pull the licenses and shut down or buy out media outlets, that's like Orban 101. Yeah. They love that guy. They can't go five minutes without lauding the praises of the guy that effectively killed all media in his country. So is it really that crazy to say that they might do it here? He might not do it, he is after all, he has the attention span of a goldfish and he's utterly incompetent. So he might forget that this is a thing that he said. But you don't think that there are tons of like people in independent right wing media and regular MAGA people who would love to see every form of media that they don't like outlawed by the state. Mm -hmm. Not saying it's gonna happen, but they would love to see it happen and they definitely want him to threaten to do it. Anyway, any final point? No. Okay, we're gonna take a short break and then we're gonna set aside the primary. We're gonna talk about some other news. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
Okay, everybody, let's jump into serious news. What is the Senate so afraid of that you might find out is going on in Gaza that they won't even look into the situation? I'm not saying they won't do anything about the situation. Obviously, they're not gonna do anything. They're not gonna challenge Biden. They're not gonna speak out in a strong way. They're not gonna showcase leadership on the world stage. But now they won't even just look into the claims that human rights violations are being made. And we know that because Bernie Sanders pushed for an investigation and a report to be written about the claims that are being made and whether there's any evidence of it. And it was killed 72 to 11. And the coverage of it is, you can see the headline right there. Senate rejects Sanders resolution on human rights violations in Gaza, but Democrats signal growing concern. I guess, I guess 11 people didn't wanna kill the report. The report that isn't gonna save any lives. It would just teach us a little bit about what's going on there. And so I guess that's something, let's put up the names. Here are those who voted against killing the report. And in addition to a bunch of Democrats, you also have Rand Paul, who you can occasionally expect to do the right thing yeah. on topics like this. Sometimes, not always. Um, by the way, the administration did not back this resolution. John Kirby, National Security Council, uh, said uh, it's not the right vehicle to address these issues. I will remind you all, it's a report. It is not a change to the amount of funding being provided. It is not a call for a declaration of genocide. It is literally just, we wanna know what is happening, what is not happening because there's so much disinformation. And the Senate's like, no, I would really prefer to stick my head in the sand and just let whatever is gonna happen over there happen. Francesca, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I I am very torn because I think Bernie Sanders could have been and should have been more of a leader to stop what is going on in Gaza, which is a genocide. 24,000 people killed, um, hospitals targeted, the last hospital in Gaza now besieged, um, children disproportionately killed. Need we go on the amount of starvation that they are facing? But I am glad he brought this, right? This is one of those moments where you see something that's so super politically unpopular and yet so morally imperative that we bring to the floor, that we try, that we attempt to do whatever we can. I don't think Bernie has done whatever he can, but this is something. And I think it is good that these senators tried to keep it alive. I am actually kind of heartened that LaFonza Butler, who is you know effectively a Gavin Newsom appointee here in California, also stood with this to continue to investigate. Again, it is just an investigation. We need to look forward to a US foreign policy where we say and we write into our massive military budgets that we do not give any country weapons or you know any kind of military aid if they are engaging in genocide, period. We should not, and that has been attempted to be written into the, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act every single year. It has been stripped out of it. Mm-hmm. But it is not out of question. The last thing is, look, South Africa has put the United States on notice. They have put Joe Biden on notice saying, oh, oh, you're next. We're bringing you before the court, the International Court of Justice to, to atone, to basically be accountable for your crimes in assisting and funding this genocide. And still, we don't want anything, we don't want to know, we don't want to know. And I think the craziest part about it is now we're involved in an even deeper war. <clears throat> Every American president, I guess, has to have theirs. And now we are bombing the Houthi rebels in Yemen. And, um, you know, 
uh, kicking up even more stuff with Iran. So it's just like, this is the minimum. It's the minimum, but we can't even do that. And then we wonder why we can't, you know, why the whole world hates us and why we don't have any money for things here at home. Yeah, like you're you're totally right about it being the minimum. Well, I guess it's not the minimum. Absolutely nothing is the minimum, I suppose, and that's what we're doing. We're just we're just sitting by and allowing horrific acts to happen right now. Like I'm sitting at this desk and you're at home, maybe you're in a couch, maybe you're at your desk, maybe you're listening while driving, please don't look at the screen. And people are being blown apart right now. And our elected leaders, aside from 11, are like, um, yeah, let's just, uh, let's see what happens. Let's just, you know, you know, um, and they specifically say, well, you know, it's not the right time to do it right now because Israel is saying that it's shifting to a more targeted campaign. And we should probably give them the benefit of the doubt for weeks over that, uh, despite the fact that they've been saying the entire time that it's been super targeted and yet over 20,000 people have already been killed. So let's just, um, Let's just let it happen for a little bit longer. Let's let more of the infrastructure be destroyed. Let's let more of the homes be destroyed. Let's let people be herded closer and closer to the border with Egypt. And um, that'll probably be fine. That's what's happening. Like sitting by while horrific things are done and not even speaking out against it. I'm not even saying doing anything. By the way, if this had been proposed and voted on, we here at the Damage Report might have done a segment attacking it as ridiculously nothing in its like essential nature. Mm-hmm. Like you could be doing something and instead you're just doing a report. And yet we're put in this position where they're not even gonna do that. And yeah. so my fear, Francesca, and I will tee it up to you for a final comment on this is like I feel like the eyes of the world were on this for a few months. I feel like we're in a new year. I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on. I feel like people are starting to look away. And I feel like those who are perfectly happy with that 20,000 hitting 30 or 40 or 50,000 are like, if we just hang in there for a little bit longer, nobody's gonna be paying attention Then we can do whatever we want. That's my fear. I mean, the problem is, and looking at a purely self-interested angle, this doesn't go away. You can kill as many Palestinians as you want. And so long as the United States backs Israel hook, line and sinker and funds it to the tune of $3 billion a year, they will continue to be a massive liability for United States credibility and security, not only in the Middle East, but around the world. We are now in a more precarious point than ever before. If we still had though that stupid tears of what terror level we were at, we'd probably be code orange or red right now. So don't think that this doesn't happen with blowback, right? Don't think that this is the last that we're gonna see of it, that oh yeah, once we wipe Palestinians on Gaza off the map, the United States can just, you know, everything will be peaceful then, which is what Israel wants us to believe, as sick yeah. as that sounds. It will not happen, who knows, maybe in, Maybe in four to six years, you know, your children will be conscripted to go to a war against Iran that can date back to this very moment. And the fact that we didn't just do nothing, we funded it. Okay, we're gonna move on to one more topic with what we have of the hour, but just a reminder to everyone that this is still ongoing. Okay, let's jump to our last story here. I was gonna do like a jokey intro to this. 
doesn't really <laughs> feel right anymore. So instead, I'm just going to talk about it. In election after election, ballot initiative after ballot initiative, the American people have delivered a clear, indisputable message to the GOP. We do not like your stance on reproductive freedoms, and we would very much like you to stop trying to take them away. And the GOP is apparently utterly incapable of learning that lesson. Here's the latest example of that. Yesterday, Senator Marsha Blackburn reintroduced an anti-abortion bill known as the Women's Right to Know Act. So it creates new strict requirements on providers of abortion and abortion related services and imposes additional obstacles onto prospective patients. And she is doing this in 2024, which I looked it up, is an election year. She thinks that this is constitutional somehow. We're gonna set aside the obvious unconstitutionality. She thinks it's good politics. She thinks, oh, you know how like all of these states, including like deep red states, want nothing to do with our anti-abortion bills. I'm gonna do it at the federal level. I'm going to, in a body that is doing nothing these days, I'm gonna have us focus on the fact that I think it's still too easy to get an abortion in this country. And so um, I'm going to try to strip that away. So we'll give you the specifics on it. But Francesca, this is a story we've been talking a lot about. They are just not gonna back down, even at the federal level. I mean, Marsha, pay attention, wake up, girl. <laughs> yeah, this has already been done. Like, what are you trying to do? Just more and more restrictions. And, and like, they're already in place. You've won. Look at the Supreme Court, okay? They're all, they're psychos. They're all psycho Christian nationalist billionaire uh, little like playthings. That's what they are. So I don't get like, like, I mean, I get it, I guess, just like keep going because it is not winning you any favors in the suburbs with women, in any place with women. Women in red states particularly are pissed. They're pissed because why? Because abortion care is health care, is pregnancy care. And people who want to be parents, people who don't want to be parents, and everyone in between need critical abortion access in all instances if you want to have a healthy family live a healthy life. And now we see that the that now we see that you cannot separate abortion care from reproductive care broadly. You cannot separate abortion care out from prenatal care. Look at all of the maternity hospitals, all of the the OBGYNs who are closing up shop, who are not attending to women specifically in red states. So go off, Marsha. Keep going. Keep going, girl. Let's see where this lands you. Yeah. And by the way, we don't have time, but the the bill is just laden with like uh, like propaganda and lies about the riskiness of abortion. We've already covered at length. It is far safer with far fewer side effects and complications than a lot of other far what are considered more routine treatments. It includes having to wait 24 hours after hearing this information to get it done, something that they've never tried to apply to any other medical procedure. It's it's misogynistic, it's paternalistic, and it's also just straight bad politics. So congratulations to the senator. That's all the time we have for the first hour of the show. More to come in the aftermath. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 